How we doing this morning? You want this this is I'm actually a little more comfortable with it. This this is kind of the way I do it. I go in corner when yeah. I do it. So there we go. All right. Um, I appreciate that that worship. Um, I love the stripped down version of worship because um, you know sometimes when I'm preparing sermons, you know sometimes I kind of you know get bogged down on what I'm going to say. And one of the best retreats from that is just to pick up my acoustic. And just make it just me and him and just sing praises to him and glorify him and honor him. And it's amazing like how after I do that, you know, things just kind of come. You don't have to work so hard at it. So before I get started, let's pray. Father God, there's nobody like you. There's nobody as forgiven, nobody as merciful, nobody that will show us as much grace. We all know what we've done. In our past, we know how we've treated you. We know how we've forsaken you. At least I know how I have. But I also know, Lord, that you create this hunger inside of us that wants you. And when we come back to you, Lord, all we can do is just bow our hearts and say, Lord, you know, will you forgive us? Will you restore us? Will you, will you recreate that connection, Lord, that we had? And you always say yes. And you always engulf us. With your love and your presence, there's just nobody like you. And I pray, Lord, as um, I deliver what I believe is your word for these people, for this congregation today, I pray that you'll let my mouth, you know, say what you want me to say. And I pray that you'll open our hearts, open our minds, our ears, our eyes, so we can see, hear, know, and love you so much more. Lord, leave here. Just not the same. Just a little bit closer to you. A little, with, li, knowing a little bit more about you. And a little bit more equipped to go out and show the world, Lord, what you're like. And just make us magnets, Lord. Just make us so attractive where people say, I want what you have. You have such joy. You do the job. You're not as miserable as everybody else. You just, you're just happy. How do you get that? And we can tell them, Lord, it comes from you. It comes from a relationship, a living, breathing relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So as I speak, Lord, I pray that your presence just fills this room and fills this, this place. And we just begin to, to enter into a place, Lord, where we hear and receive from you and feel you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. So guys, I'm, uh, my name's Adam Hopkins. And... Um, I'm a, I'm a math teacher. Um, this is my first year teaching at, at Code Academy in Seneca. I teach at our alternative school. Um, if you go to school here and your kids were misbehaving really bad, and uh, all of a sudden you didn't see them anymore, well, they're over there with me now. And uh, so that's, you know, that's who I, uh, I chose. I was at Tomasi Salem for, uh, for 16 years. And once the job came open at the alternative school, uh, you know, I prayed about it, and, and I believed the Lord wanted me to go over there. You know, and everybody said, why would you want to go over there and help those kids? And I'm like, man, that's easy. Because God came out of heaven and gave his life for this kid when I didn't deserve it. So the least I can do is go and try, and just try to be that example, and try to go into that place and have joy and have them kids say, what's wrong with you? You ain't supposed to like this place. You know, and hey, you know, I'd... It's, I got Jesus in here, man, what more could I want? What more could I want? And so, in the preaching world, I'm kind of a substitute. Um, I started, 
Um, you know, when I first got serious about reading the Bible, um, I had a, you know, just, I was like, man, I think I could preach. I had a couple of messages that I worked on, and I'm like, you know, Lord, I don't think you've ever called me. I don't think, you know, I've ever, and I never had any magic moment where, Adam, I want you to preach the Word. Um, but I do believe, Lord, that I can do this if it's, if it's your will. And I had no longer said that than, you know, that week I had a call from a little Methodist church saying, you know, we want somebody to come preach to our youth on Sundays, you know, just once a month, you know. Would you be willing to do that? And I thought, man, I got two sermons. I can do that. Let's go for it. And, uh, you know, and in like two months, my sermons ran out. And then it was up again. And I'm like, well, what am I going to do? And that really started my journey of getting in the Word and reading and saying, you know, Lord, what would you have me say? And, um, yeah, and, and it's been a great experience. I mean, that was, I started out years ago with just five people in a room, you know, and uh, I got some of those tapes. They're awful. I wouldn't let anybody else listen to them. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I started, that started my process of learning. And, you know, I guess the right people heard me. And they, our preacher at Golden Corner Church, you know, threw me uh, in front of 400 people. And that, was, that scared me to death. But you know, a lot of people have believed in me. And uh, I appreciate, you know, Carlton. He came uh, to Golden Corner and watched me preach. And invited me here um, and made it so I couldn't preach that sermon this Sunday. So I appreciate that. Uh, I'm kidding. I wasn't to preach that anyway. But uh, um, all right, that's, that's kind of enough about me. I'm here. I'm glad to be here. And uh, man, let's, let's dive into the Word. What I want to do is just, just kind of teach a little more than preach and let, uh, just let the Word kind of, kind of speak for itself. And I know Thanksgiving's Thursday, so I said, well, what can I... Uh, what can I preach about, you know, for, for Thanksgiving? And um, I started kind of studying, and um, my mind went back to when I first started memorizing Scripture. The first, I mean, I guess John 3.16 and Genesis 1.1 were, you know, the first things I memorized. You kind of get those somehow without trying to memorize. Um, but I asked my mom, and I, don't know, I was probably 22 years old. I'd been saved about six years and I'm like, Mom, you got any scripture memorized? And uh, she said, I know Psalm 23. And I'm like, well, let's hear it. And she, she said, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures that leads me beside still waters. And as she went through that, I mean, I just kind of like felt God a little bit. And I'm like, that's awesome. That's one of the best things I've ever heard, you know. And I was looking it up, and I went in, and I started trying to memorize. I started trying to put it in my heart. And I was really close to having it, and uh, I was kind of going over it one day, and a girl at school at Tomasi Salem said, what is that you're saying? I said, it's Psalm 23. I said, you ever heard it? She's like, no. And we looked it up and read it, and I said, do you have any scripture memorized? She said, I know Psalm 100. I'm like, well, you know, let's hear it. And she knows, she's like, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye land, serve the Lord with gladness, come before his presence with singing. And I was like, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. That was, that's awesome. I mean, here it is, just a seventh grade girl, you know, spouting off this uh, scripture. Man, I'm like, I tried to hurry up and memorize Psalm 23 so I could get to Psalm 100. And I was thinking about that and Thanksgiving. And there's a, there's a line in Psalm 100, verse 4. And uh, check it out. It's enter into his gates with thanksgiving. And I'm like, hey, there it is, thanksgiving. That's my message right there. I'm talking about Entering into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Now, 
If I ever come back sometime, I'm going to do a, I'll do, you'll probably hear me do a sermon called uh, Worship at the Tabernacle, uh, where, I, where we really get into this gates and this court thing. Uh, but today, I want to talk about thanks and praise. Okay, I mean, sometimes we, uh, I guess if you had asked me a few years ago, I would have said that's the same thing, thanks, praise. But the Bible does make a clear distinction here with, you know, there being thanksgiving and praise given. And the title of my message today is When Thanksgiving Becomes Praise Giving. And basically, thanks is easy. Okay? I mean, this Thursday, my family, after we eat and after we're stuffed and, you know, the house is warm and everything's wonderful, um, we'll, we'll all get around and everybody just kind of goes around and says what they're thankful for. And of course... What do we say? I mean, of course we're thankful for all the stuff that benefits us, you know? Thankful for my job. Of course I am. Because, you know, I can't pay bills and go see Catching Fire if, uh, if, I, don't have, if I don't have money. Um, and, I'm, of course, I'm thankful for my wife. She, she makes my life better. Of course I'm thankful for my two healthy kids. I love hanging out with them and teaching them the ways of the Lord and teaching them respect and how to honor Him. Um, All that stuff. I'm thankful to be here today. Thankfulness is easy. So whatever comes to your mind when you you give thanks, everybody's usually thankful uh, for the same stuff. You know, for the first 28 years of my life, I was thankful. All I'd ever really received was good. You know, I had two parents at home that loved me, stayed together, um, you know, encouraged me, paid for me to go to college, paid, you know, everything... Kind of just cruise from I had nothing but thanks to give. But praise, and this is the thing I want you to learn today praise is hard. Praise can be tough. And in fact, I, I believe that every believer, every Christian will have a moment where they have to decide to praise God. And it's going to be difficult, and it's going to be hard, but it's going to be one of the best things you, you ever go through if you persevere and you keep on and you come out on the other side. You'll look back and say, that was tough, but that's the best thing that ever happened to me, and you'll give him praise. <coughs> praise is hard. Around 2002, um, I was tested big time. Um, you know, my wife and I... Um, We've been married a couple years, and we talked about, you know, having children. And, um, you know, I don't know. I guess I still had in mind that it was like high school, you know, that, like, if you did anything sexual, you know, you was going to get pregnant, and you'd be scared to death. And, you know, it's like, wow, you know, it's, it's, this is, we, we talked about having kids. And, and, you know, I thought it'd be easy. And turns out it wasn't so easy. It took a while to get pregnant. And then... When she did get pregnant, I remember going to the um, to the OBG um, office, and um, they we, we went in there, and they were going to do the little ultrasound thing. And so they they go in, she she gets the thing up in there, she looks real quick, and all of a sudden that's over. She gets she gets out of the room, and I'm like, oh, I wonder what that's all about. And Tanya, I see her, you know, kind of little tears start welling up in her, and I'm like, what's going on? You know, I don't. Uh, you know, I, I was completely oblivious. I didn't know anything bad was going on, but I did um, when the doctor came in and, and told us, you know, that our baby wasn't alive. 
that baby wasn't there. And so I remember driving home, you know, we were going, we were expecting to hear the heartbeat, we were expecting, you know, good thing, man, this is supposed to be our kid, man. And, um, you know, wasn't there. And I don't know, I guess I kind of felt like, you know, in the, um, yeah, our God, you know, I kind of gave you that one. Looked online, you know, it's actually a pretty common thing, miscarriage, you know. Uh, I don't know, I guess I kind of just gave God that one, you know. So time goes by, she gets pregnant again. So, you know, same day, same, we're going to the same place, same thing. I'm like, all right, this one, this one's going to be, I'm so excited. I want to hear this kid's heartbeat. I want to, you know, I want to, I'm excited. Well, we get the same news. Same thing happened. And this time I wasn't so forgiven with God. Uh, this time I was angry with him. I mean, the first thing I did was I just went home and I cut grass, you know, for the loud, you know, lawnmower would kind of just drown out my little raging. And uh, I mean, I had to just, I mean, I started to wonder, you know, like, God, you know, are you, are you worth serving? I mean, what is this? And, you know, and then everything gets magnified. You know, I go to school and some teenagers announcing that she's pregnant and they're already broke up with the boyfriend. And I'm saying, like, really, God? Really? Like, you're going to give it to a teenager that can't even take care of themselves? You know, and I don't know. It made me kind of bitter and it made me kind of, kind of angry. Um, but I remember reading a little bit, you know, in the Bible around that time. And in John chapter 6, verse 66, um, there's kind of like a really, really interesting verse. You know, because we, we always associate 666 with the devil. And, uh, but, you know, this is kind of like a really good, you know, 666 thing to remember. John 666, for this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. And I was thinking, man, you know, it... I didn't, I didn't want to leave God. I guess I just kind of wanted to keep being smart-alecky with God. I just still wanted to be, you know, just kind of like that pouty kid with him. I don't, I don't know. It was, it was kind, of, kind of a little dark. But I didn't, I didn't quit reading his word. I didn't quit talking to him. And uh, I remember reading this. And what happened right before this? Well, man, Jesus just fed like 5,000. So, of course, all those people were hanging out with Jesus. They were following him. You know, they... They were, and then Jesus gives this speech that's like, you know, like you're you're hanging out with me because you're because uh, I fed you. But listen, it's not about physical food. This is about spiritual food. This is about eating my words. This is about eating my flesh and drinking my blood. To which the disciples were like, Jesus, come on, you build an army here. This is how we're going to overthrow Rome. Rome. This is how we're going to do it. Why are you saying stuff like this? Quit. They had to be cringing, like, come on, don't be talking like that. But what happened for most of those 5,000 that followed him is John six sixty six. They said, too hard, too difficult, too much. I'm not, I'm not going there. Uh, yeah, it's just, this has got a little too weird for me. I'm glad you fed me. I'm glad I got all the good stuff. I'm, I'm thankful for that. But no way am I going here. And go on to the next verse. Um, you know, I go, I go in the corner, we kind of have a screen back here where I can read, but I like to read them like this. So um, He says, you don't want to leave too, do you? I mean, he's looking at his disciples at the twelve. You don't want to leave too. And that day when I read that, when I was so down, and I was, I'd been so sarcastic with the Lord, it was like he spoke to me. 
You don't want to live too, do you, Adam? Okay, so you're not getting your way. So it's not what you thought it was going to be. So life didn't turn out for you like you thought it would. So everything's been good for 30, for 28 years, and now all of a sudden things are hard. You don't want to leave too, do you? And I love Peter's response in the next verse. Simon Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words to eternal life. And that's when I had to say, where am I going to go? If I'm not going to stay with God, where am I going? Am I going to become a devil worshiper? No. <laughs> you know, am I going to go to another religion? No. Am I going to turn to alcohol and drugs? No. He's got the words to eternal life. He's got the words that I need. All that I need is found right here. And so, it got tough. And God asked me that question. What are you going to do? You're going to leave too? And so, I want to talk to you a little bit about when praise was born. Because what I had to learn to do was praise Him. Okay? Thankfulness was easy. Everything had gone my way until now. Now, what will I do? Will I learn how to praise Him? That's the difference. Thankfulness is easy. Praise is hard. And I want to talk to you a little bit about a girl named Leah. And I want to talk about when she gave birth to praise. And this will give you a really good kind of contextual understanding of praise. And it comes from Genesis 29, um, and starting in verse 31. And what had happened was, you know, Jacob had just worked for seven years. He thought he was going to get to marry Rachel. Well, the trickster kind of got tricked. Laban said, you know, when it was dark, and I don't understand how all this worked. You know, I guess they, their faces were covered and all that, but he tricked him. He put the oldest daughter, Leah, in place to marry him. And, you know, kind of, you know, he slept with her that night, and when he woke up, it just was not the person that he thought, he, thought it was. And so he goes, and he's angry. He's like, what's up with this? Why'd you do this to me? Why'd you trick me? He's like, hey, I can't marry the, the younger daughter before I married the older. That's just the process, buddy. You just have to get over it. Work another seven years, you can have Rachel. And say is, man, that dude must have been in serious love because he's like, sure, no problem. And he, he worked and he, he ended up marrying. But think about how that probably made Leah feel. Okay, like, she knows he's in love with her sister. Daddy's kind of pawning her off on him. And how does that make her feel? You know, how would you feel if that happened, if you were a girl and that happened to you? Like, we're going to trick this guy into marrying you. Isn't that how you want, imagined your wedding day, huh? That's going to be awesome. Let's go, let's get, here, let's get to work. That'd be awful. I can't, I can't imagine how bad that would be. But check out, in, uh, in starting in verse 31, when the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, so here's the main thing. Lord looks down and he sees, all right, here's a girl forced into marriage and she is not loved. He opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. So in kind of like a little quick cosmic twist, okay, the, the one you love can't have kids. The one you're kind of treating as like second hand, you had to marry her, can have kids. So Leah became pregnant, gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben. For she said, it's because the Lord has seen my misery, surely my husband will love me now. And so Leah falls into this trap that you see high school young women fall into all the time. If I make him a baby, he will love me. 
and you find out that it just doesn't happen. And so she conceived again. And when she gave birth to a son, she said, Because the Lord heard that I'm not loved, He gave me this one too. So she named him Simeon. And so she's naming all these kids, you know, based on her feelings toward how daddy is treating, you know, her. And maybe he'll love me now that I've had this kid. You know, maybe he'll love me. Again, she conceived. And when she gave birth to a son, now at last my husband will become attached to me. You see what's, what's going on? Like Maybe he'll become attached to me. I just want this man who is my husband to love me. What else do I have to do to get him to love me? This is my third kid I've produced for him, but it's not producing my results. But maybe at last, now my husband will become attached to me because I've born him three sons. So she named him Levi. And here it is, guys. She conceived again, gave birth to a son, and said, This time, I'll praise the Lord. And so, she stopped having children. Okay? And so, you know, I like to think of that verse that it ends, because she chose not to anymore. I am no longer going to keep putting myself, my body through this to try to impress that man who does not love me. This time, I will praise the Lord. And she named that kid Judah. And guess what the word Judah literally means? Praise. She named her kid Praise as a reminder. From here on, I am done trying to please men. I'm trying to ple- done trying to please this man. I am going to praise the Lord. And she did. And so that's how praise was born. It was born out of a situation where she tried to impress a man. She's trying to impress people. She's trying to live in a way to be impressive toward people. But it's not working out. So she says, you know what? God already loves me. He's already in love with me. This time, why don't I just put my life in His hands and let Him do what He does? So she said... I'm done. Leah said, I'm done trying to gain the affection of a man. This time I'll praise the Lord. And see, I kept negotiating with God. I had to get to the point where I said, you know what, God, you're the giver of life. You know, I'm the product of of, of a high school birth. My parents had me just a couple of weeks after they graduated high school, which means she, um, she had was pregnant with me the whole time. And, and she tells me now, she's like, that moment was such a defining moment because all of a sudden it gave me purpose. I wanted to take care of you. I wanted to provide for you. And it made me just immediately responsible. And she's glad that she put me in her life. And I said, well, you know what? Maybe that's what God's doing with these kids. You know, and I see one right now that had a kid two years ago, you know, and you, everybody would have thought, oh, she's not going to take care of it. She's not. But she's doing the best that she can with what she's got. She post the picture of them hanging out on Facebook. She's trying. She's trying her hardest, and she's grown up so much, and she gives praise to God for everything that she's been through, and I love seeing that. And so, you know, to, to tell you kind of what happened, you know, one day after just being so stressed about having a kid and having making babies and stuff like that, I, me and my wife, we, we got together, and we, we got on our bed, and we put around, arms around each other, and uh, I prayed, and uh, the, the main thing I remember saying is, you know what, Lord, if you never give us children, if you never 
you know, choose to let us conceive again. Um, you know what? We're still going to serve you. We're still going to go to church. We're still going to read our Bible. We're still going to honor you. And, um, you know, she prayed, you know, something similar. And it was like the burden just left. It was fine. And in fact, we started talking, you know, like, you know what? Maybe it's not so bad that we don't have kids. You know, we can go where we want, do what we want, stay out as late. Man, this ain't too bad. And then like two weeks later, she was pregnant. <laughs> but, uh, and that's just the way it is. And guys, listen, I got a seven-year-old and a five-year-old in y'all's children's church. And, you know, it didn't stay it didn't stay dark. My praise now is thankfulness. I'm thankful for that time that I went through that. You know, I mean, how do you look back and say, oh, well, I'm thankful that, you know, God took the life of my two, two kids. But it's just what He worked in me, in my heart, through all that. I learned how to praise. I was like, Leo, you know what? He's everything. And you know what? If we, if we don't have a kid, when I get to heaven, I'll see him. And you know, God's, they're waiting for me. So maybe I have to spend the next 50 years of my life if I live that long without them. But then I get to live for eternity with them. I mean, what a trade. You know, that, that's, that made everything okay. I started to see God's plan unfold. And I stopped seeing everything so temporary here and now. And see, and Peter did the same thing. He said, yes, things are difficult right now. This is not turning out like I thought. I sure thought that we were going to raise up an army and overthrow Rome and Israel would just reign and Jesus would reign. This is just what happened. Now everybody's gone. It's just back to Jesus and us 12. I mean, come on, things aren't looking so good. Where else are you going to go? And you know, God, God, we've done all that other stuff. We left everything to follow you. You're the source of eternal life. We left it all to follow you. We're still here. We're going to remain. That's what we're going to do. We're going to praise you, God, because you're the giver of life. We've come to believe that you're the Son of God. So guys, in conclusion, maybe this is a praise given for you. You may be going through a difficult time right now. I remember driving to a Thanksgiving dinner thinking we should have a little baby in the back seat. And I remember how much it hurt. I remember wondering if God was a God worth serving. I mean, He gives babies to people who only have them to, to burn in meth lab fires in their own home. I mean, He gives babies away to, to people who only have them, uh, who let them starve because they're too lazy to care for them. He gives them to high school students who can't even, who can't even care for themselves. The devil made sure I had a reason in my mind to no longer serve the God who gave his life for me, but I still read my Bible. I still talked to him, and he led me to a story about David. And, you know, one of the David, David really helped me with all of this uh, because, you know, he had the baby with Bathsheba, and it got really sick. And the prophet Nathan said, you know, your baby's going to die. And man, David, he went, to, he went to work, man. He went to pray, and he put on sackcloth. He, he fasted, and he's like, Lord, he pleaded you know, to, to God for that, uh, for that child. And, you know, when the baby died, you know, everybody was like, we can't tell him that, so that'll crush him. But when they told him, he said, okay. And he got up, says he cleaned himself up, got something to eat. And uh, everybody, they were like, come on now, we thought this would kill you. Why are you acting like everything's all right? And he said, hey, I did what I did and hoped that the Lord might change his mind. But hey, I will go to him one day. He found a reason to praise God and all that. He said, I will go to him one day, but he's not coming back to me in my lifetime. He found a way.
to praise. So maybe this is a praise giving. Maybe you're going through something awful, and maybe it's kind of causing you to doubt God a little bit. Maybe it's causing you to not spend as much time with Him as you should. Maybe that, you got that going on a little bit. And what I want to encourage you today is giving praise. So you know what, God? Maybe you're trying to work something in me so that I'll come out on the other side of this better. Better than I was before. And so maybe you're just trying to make me a little bit more like you through all of this. Because you think the very person who saved us was without suffering? No way. He went on that cross and took my sin and took your sin. And if you've ever asked for forgiveness, you're, you're, you're saved because of His suffering. And maybe this is a thanksgiving for you. It is for me. This thanksgiving is a thanksgiving for me. I can praise Him for all the heartache that He allowed in my life because I'm looking back and I see what He did in my heart, but this is Thanksgiving for me. Got a seven-year-old and a five-year-old in children's church. Sorrow did last for a night for me for a little while, but joy really did come in the morning. It didn't stay dark for me. I have nothing but thanks in my heart for the Lord's done nothing but bless me. I have Jesus living inside of me. I got a beautiful wife named Tanya who loves me back. And I got a home, I got a car, I got a job. I'm thankful. It's amazing how you learn to praise God through the tough times in your life. You begin to realize exactly what those times did for you, how you grew closer to Him, learned more about Him, became more of the person He wanted you to be all along. So, I'm gonna, I got one more thing to say if... Uh, if uh, Scott wants to come back and, and play for me a little bit. Uh, what I want to do is I want to I make this an altar, guys. Uh, I think these are some of the most powerful moments. At our church, we, cre- we create an altar every once in a while. Um, but, you know, it's, a, it's such a powerful thing when people come. But I want us to make an altar right here. And I'm going to kneel down right here, guys, in just a second. I'm going to give thanks. And, you know, I want, my, I want my wife to come, you know, right here with me when I, when I hop down here and, man, th- give thanks together. Because, listen, when we put our arms around each other that day and said, Lord, we'll serve you no matter what, man, I think that's what he was looking for. That's what he was waiting for. That's what he wanted to see, that if our hearts would serve him no matter what. And, man, ever since then, I'm telling you, man, it's, it, it, it turned and he's done nothing. Nothing but bless us. I'm going to kneel down. I'm going to give thanks. It's easy to give thanks. Just tell him, thank him for all the stuff that benefits you. Some of you need to come and give him praise. Even though you're hurt and saturated in doubt, come and tell him he's still the best thing that this life has to offer and that you'll praise him through the storm. Pray he accomplishes whatever it is in you that needs to be accomplished. Give him praise and then give him thanks because he's faithful, because he is who he is. Maybe you're here and you just visit, and as I've spoken, your heart's beating faster, and God has just been dealing with your heart, and you know you need to give your life to Him. Maybe you've never done that before. There's no better place to do that than at an altar, that at an altar in church. Just come and kneel and say, Lord, here's my life. It's yours. Help me learn to live for you. Forgive me. Save me. Nobody but you and God's going to know which of these three you're doing. Would you join me? And let's give Him thanks, let's give Him praise, because He's worth it.